Hey guys, it's Emma. I'm going to be reading the horror story that I wrote in creative writing, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about my writing process. So, hope you guys enjoy. Prologue. Before this tale begins, there is something you should know. There is no such thing as normal. There is what we perceive to be normal. There are simply facts that are commonly thought of as normal. And really, they're undefined facts. If someone asked you to define normal, could you do it? I mean, I'm sure you could give a dictionary definition, but could you give a finite set of examples that specifically detail all of what the word normal encompasses? Could you write a thesis that explained in detail from A to Z all of the examples of normal that exist and could apply to the whole world? The answer, my friend, is no. Because normal, as all other words, only means that the sayer or writer or what have you wants them, or in this case, it, to mean. So now that that has been explained, you are prepared for this tale. Because it is 189% normal. Chapter 1. My feet clop along the damp cobblestone street as the haze of a deep yellow street light reflects off the damp ground and back into the air, leaving my figure cloaked in darkness and my vision shrouded in yellow beams of light. The air, poisoned by stench, permeates around my body, lifting higher and higher to greet the cloudy night sky. It reeks so badly, I swear I can almost see it hanging low in the air with the fog and the lamplight. I look up at the sky as if following it with my eyes and watch as the rain lazily drips from the low clouds above. I turn my eyes back to the ground and the stench infiltrates my nostrils, singeing the sensitive flesh inside them. The rough tweed of my dark hooded cloak brushes against my cheek blocking the edges of my vision. But vision is not necessary to notice the patches of deep crimson marring the dark crevices in the cobblestone road. Anyone with a nose could tell the crimson puddles were growing thicker and closer together. The stench that was once just an undertone to the smell of wet, festering garbage and waste now takes precedence over those stinks of a lesser evil. The smell that now commands you to breathe it in with choking gulps shares the fragrance of pennies covered in a film of patina. The odor is metallic in nature. It's sickly sweet, but cold as stone. As I continue my trek down the long abandoned alleyway, my footsteps begin to sploosh. And the farther my feet sploosh, the more the sky begins to drip. It's a symphony of sounds and aromas. Sploosh, drip, drip, drip. Sploosh, sploosh, drip, drip, drip. Sploosh, sploosh, drip, drip, drip. I breathe in the scent of the air, letting it sit in my nostrils before letting it dance its way down my throat and into my lungs. I watch as the golden light dances along the walls of the alley in perfect harmony with the shadows. Everything seems to be alive tonight, between the sploosh, splooshing, and the drip, drip, dropping. My senses come alive as the fragrance in the air increases, and the splooshes of my footsteps become more resonant with the deeper puddles, and the symphony of drips comes to a crescendo. Sploosh, sploosh, drip, drip, drip. 
Sploosh, sploosh, drip, drip, drip. Sploosh, sploosh, drip, drip, drip. Sploosh, sploosh, drip, drip, drip. Then nothing but a slow drip continuing to echo throughout the alleyway. I stand still and silent. It's as if the whole city is holding its breath. My ears perk and my heart begins to pound in my chest. My breath catches and I slowly remove my soaked hood from my head. My palms feel damp and sticky as I drop them to my sides. I glance around the dark alley and I swear I see the fogged puffs of breath coming from behind a pile of garbage. Just as I almost convince myself that I'm imagining things, I see one yellow-green eye open behind the sacks of garbage. The eye is as large as a fist with a thin, horizontal pupil glaring right at me. The puffs of breath continue in the frigid air. My knees knock, my hands shake, Tiny beads of sweat break out across my forehead. My heart thumps harder and harder, setting the baseline beat of my life. Thump, the thump, thump, the thump, thump, the thump, the thump, the thump. The hair slowly raises on the back of my neck and my arms. My legs scream at me to run, but my brain tells me not to. Even as the eye blinks at me, my brain tells me to keep stepping forward through the puddles and past the eye. My nose picks up the sweet, bitter scent that fills me with adrenaline and raw joy. I continue to splash through the puddles that are deeper than ever as I walk past the eye. As I make it past the trash pile it lies in, it's as if I've walked through an invisible doorway. The wonderful stench fills my olfactory system with its aromas. The decor of the whole alleyway is completely different and much more welcoming. The yellow lamplight casts off a troop of shadows coming from all directions. The dripping becomes a little louder, and I hear the soft slosh of sinister footsteps behind me. I look to my sides to see my hands are stained red from removing my cloak hood a few seconds ago. My heart hammers in my chest as I twist the edge of my cloak, wringing out a stream of blood that drips into the puddles below. I look down at my feet, and I find the source of that fragrance. I'm standing ankles deep in a pool of blood. I look above me and smile as the warm drip, drip, dripping drops of blood splatter across my face. A song pops into my head, and I begin to sing, Trip, trip, drop, little April shower, beating a tune as you fall all around. I continue to sing as I walk. There are dozens of mutilated bodies hanging from frayed ropes above my head. Their heads droop and loll as they swing, drops of blood scat splattering from their mouths to the alley below. Some of the corpses' tongues loll lazily from their mouths. Drip, drip, drop, little April shower. What can compare to your beautiful sound? Some of the bodies are so old that the tongues are dry and brittle, having let the last drops of blood drip down them long ago. Some of the bodies are elevated higher than others, 
They are hung in a manner that portrays an expression of art. You can almost feel the artist's emotions as he hung the bodies high above. Lines of entrails swirl around the rows upon rows of hanging bodies, almost like one would hang Christmas lights. Spines and random bones are sprinkled about in intricate designs. Hides have been tanned and sculpted to achieve the desired effect. All in all, this is the most expressionistic piece of art I've seen in all my life. The crows perched upon the body's feet simply accentuates the beauty of the scene before me. Lifeless eyes look down upon me in all their glory. They stare at me with questioning glances. The terror that must have once consumed their faces is slack with calm and serenity as their blood drips down upon my head. Drip, drip, drop, when the sky is cloudy, you come along with a song right away. I spread my arms out wide and spin in small circles, dancing like a child in the rain, so pure and full of hope. It's funny, really. The effect most people find so desirable about rain is its clean fragrance. The same is true about blood. There is nothing more cleansing than standing in this mist of crimson. Drip, drip, drop, little April shower, beating a tune as you fall all around. Drip, drip, drop, little April shower, what can compare with your beautiful sound. I stop spinning and continue my voyage down the alley. I make it out onto the main street where more entrails line every storefront and market. Slabs of fresh meat are laid out beneath the streetlights, along with produce of all sorts. Children are playing in the puddles on the streets, laughing as they stain their clothes red with it. Couples stroll the streets, women holding red umbrellas above their heads, men wearing dark black hats. Drip, drip, drop, little April shower, beating a tune as you fall all around. Drip, drip, drop, little April shower, what can compare with your beautiful sound. I finish singing and start to hum before continuing down the street. People are waiting, as I have been for the last few weeks. I stroll down the black carpet laid down for me on the street. Everyone from my closest family and friends to people I barely know the names of line each side of the carpet. Above the altar standing in front of me is a sign that reads, Happy Deep Crimson Day, Kara. Today is the day that I turned 16, and tonight is the night that I am accepted as a member of this great community. Today is the day I become an artist. I walk to the altar, where upon a silver platter is a gleaming blade. I carefully pick it up and hold it lightly on my palms. I feel the weight of the pearl-handled blade. I feel its balance and grace. I test its sharpness on my own arm, sighing as the warm red rolls down my flesh. I feel the cold steel of such a tool, just another tool one would sculpt with, 
make a masterpiece with. I rest the blade back onto the silver platter and pick up the black blindfold. I use my slender fingers to carefully tie the fine fabric over my eyes. I take a few calming breaths and turn back to where I know the crowd is. I pick a direction and point. The crowd murmurs and cheers as the person I chose steps forward. I can't see them, but I know what happens. The person is now on their knees in front of me, preparing. I never lift my blindfold because these things are best to be felt, heard, smelled. Sight is the greatest inhibitor of our other senses. Sight is the true murderer of fully experiencing a situation. I turn back towards the knife and grip it lightly in my hands. I walk down the few steps to the carpeted street. I hold my free hand out in front of me until I feel my canvas shoulder. I take my occupied hand and carefully drag it across the place I plan to strike. I don't penetrate flesh. Simply slide the blade over it, like taking a practice swing before hitting the ball. Then I drop to my knees. I take the knife and drag it across the torso of my canvas. The knife meets very little friction, but I am certain I have accomplished my goal. Warm liquid spills across my entire body. The crowd goes wild. I smell the metallic fragrance, feel the thick blood cling to my arms, hear the final breaths of my chosen. This was it, my first masterpiece. I wait until the last bloody gasps have been exhaled, and then I remove my black silk blindfold. The face I see in front of me triggers a pain I never expected to feel. It's superb. Only the lucky ones strike upon a chosen so great, so sensual. As the boy I see below me is none other than my brother. I know my foolish mother will cry over this, but that is not the way. The greater the sacrifice for your first masterpiece, the better. For that is the way of this town. It is a good omen to choose someone so close to you, and it is a greater honor to the selected. The pain in my heart is dull, but my laughter echoes sharp and clean off the walls of the buildings around us. I smile as I look at the pleased crowd in front of me. And with that, I finish my work of art. So that was my horror story, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm just going to talk a little bit about what, you know, I kind of planned when I was writing this and just the process of writing it. So when I'm not really a horror author at all, this is like my first horror story. And I kind of felt like a horrible human being after I finished it because it was a little dark. Um, When I wrote this, um, I had kind of pictured it as like post-apocalyptic perhaps and like um, a town that is kind of in the middle of nowhere, probably in the Western United States. Um, I kind of saw it as they had progressed to the point of like 1900s London, England, perhaps. I don't know. Somewhere around there. That's just kind of how I imagined it. Um, 
The storyline kind of changed a little bit because at first I thought this would be a story of a couple of kids and the same town that it's in right now. And they would kind of be outsiders and the people in the community would do um, not good things. They would probably, it'd be really dark, kind of like it was this time. And the kids would be freaking out because this is not normal. But all the townsfolk would be like, oh, yeah, this is totally normal. Like, yep, just a normal Saturday night. Let's do a killing. Um, And then from there, I kind of thought it kind of switched a little bit. And I'm like, okay, so maybe it would be the same town and there would be like, the same two kids, but then there would be one person that they thought was like on their side in this, thought it was weird too. But then come to find out all the stuff that was happening was actually the main, like that person's fault. And that person was the character, the main character for this story, actually. Um, so yeah. And then it just kind of turned into what it is and yeah. When I write, I don't really do a lot of outlining or anything. Um, I don't know. It just kind of strangles my writing. So I'm sure you guys have some writing things that you do. And if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Please comment. Thanks for listening.